Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly sorry for the technical difficulties we've experienced earlier this morning. For some reason, as per usual here in this rinky-dink town I live in, you know, we can't get the internet that right. So I had, had to back up for a few minutes just to make sure we had all of our connections together. Um, and even now, I'm starting to see... Um, we got some issues even with the microphone, boy, I tell you, boy, we are just, like, we are just all over the place today. Nevertheless, thank you guys for coming. Really do appreciate you so, so much. Hope that we're able to inspire you today um, in the name of the Lord. We got a jam-packed show in store for you on this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking about <clears throat> the fact that Elon Musk is losing a whole lot of money. And as a result of losing all losing a lot of money and sponsorship, uh, Twitter, as we know it, may not exist in the next year or so. And so if you're on Twitter right now, I, su I strongly suggest you think about getting on a different platform in order to get your thoughts out. Um, we're also going to be talking about betrayal in, a, in, the, in its relationship to avoidance in relationships and how we can, um, you know, relearn how to connect with others despite having felt or dealt with a betrayal in a friendship or a relationship. We're also going to look at how this one lake in Hawaii turned pink um, and has become a very dazzling display in our something praiseworthy on today but we're going to start our conversation today in um, continuing our journey through the book of hebrews as we're going through our shadows of the cross series on this morning if you have any questions comments or concerns feel free to drop down in the comment box below and let me know anything that you're thinking what's going on in your heart space and in your head space all we ask is that you keep it classy so that way we can stay on the live um and not get banned by, by the tickety top people uh but again if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop down in the comment box with anything that you may want to know, anything you may want to ask. And toward the end of the show, if there, if time permits, we will drop through the um, chat box and, um, and answer any and all questions that we find down there in the chat box below. So again, we just thank you guys so much for spending a little bit of time with your boy and hope we're able to inspire you today uh, to uh, live out your faith. In, um, in such a way that glorifies and magnifies our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump right into our, um, into our Shadows of the Cross series today. Let's gracious Heavenly Father. We come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful, Lord God, that you think it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth. We're asking, Lord God, that you just continue to saturate us with your love, your grace, your, your presence, and your joy on today. Lord God, uh, may this show be none of me and all of you. We lift this show up to you right now, Lord God, that you may get the praise, glory, and honor out of everything that is said and done on today. Lord God, we ask that uh, that we, you know, inspire those who are walking with you to continue to walk with you, uh, continue to um, devote themselves to you, continue to be inspired and, and treasured, uh, and to be, continue to be inspired by you and to treasure you in both duty and delight. For those who don't have a walk with you, Lord God, we ask that we say something on today that may inspire someone to want to have a relationship with you. That you uh, get into that heart of stone and, and, and implode and explode it, God. Uh, that it become a heart of flesh that wants to love you, that wants to bless you, that wants to honor you. Um, and we thank your son, Jesus Christ, for making all this possible by dying on the cross and rising again. That we may have the opportunity to love you and bless you and honor you as you've transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. As you've um, changed our name from sinner to saint. And we'll just be so careful, God, to give your name all praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. 
Again, we're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews um, as we're continuing our series entitled Shadows of the Cross. Uh, we're certainly grateful for God giving us this opportunity to be able to worship him on today in spirit and in truth and hope that we're able to say something that will inspire you guys um, as we're continuing our march through um, the book of Hebrews on today. We're going to be looking at the, um, he, uh, the, the chapter 1 um, starting at verse number 5 and we're going to go all the way through the end of chapter 2 on today as again we're talking about Christ being the being the 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 as we're talking about the Old Testament and all the Old Testament prophets and everything in the in the scriptures pointing to Jesus that the you know the the point that we made yesterday is that everything that we do or no everything that the scriptures have written and from Genesis to Revelation everything is pointing to Jesus all the way from Genesis, all the way through Revelation, everything is pointing to Jesus. Everything is pointing to Christ. Everything is pointing to the Savior. And the point of the book of Hebrews is that exact thing, that everything about the Old Testament, everything about Israel, everything about what they did is pointing to the Savior. And because of the supremacy that God has placed upon Jesus' shoulders, rather than looking to man, we should look to Christ for everything that we are, everything that we say, and everything that we do. He has supreme authority over all of the universe. And as such, we should look to him as the, as the, um, as the arbiter of all truth, as the arbiter of all justice, the arbiter of all love, and everything else in between. Because everything in the Old Testament, the prophets, the whole nine yards, everything is a pointer to him. So, um, as we start um, in today's episode... Um, what we want to look at today is if the if man is looking to the was looking to the angels as the messengers of God and listen to the angels, how much more should we listen to Jesus? That's the premise of the of the next two chapters of the book of Hebrews. If we if man was willing to listen to the messengers of God. Of, as of the, the angels of God, whenever they would speak and the messages that they would give, how much more should we listen to Jesus? He says in verse number five, for to which of the angels did God ever say, quote, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, quote, I will be a father, I will be, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of rightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And, quote, you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe when you roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, 
sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool, um, a footstool for your feet. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, or dis, um, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the whole box, gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, quote, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower um, than, the, than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom by all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. So, again, what we find and what we discover here is that all throughout Old Testament history, there were times where angels would come and give people messages. They would sit with people. They would talk with people. They would, you know, feed people with, with, with uh, I don't remember, I believe remember um, Elijah being fed by ravens, you know, for instance. And all these different circumstances where messengers, messengers of God would come and give people messages. And those messages proved to be reliable. People would, you know, um, be given a message from the Lord and they would run with that message and that message would prove reliable. If back then people relied on the messengers of God, the messengers of God being angels, how much more should we listen to the Son of God? Once again, many times what we do, what we tend to do, is we will rely on miracles and rely on, you know, grand happenings. And we want God to speak to us this way or God to speak to us that way. We want God to have, a, you know, to talk to us through, you know, um, through some signs or wonders. Like, God, if it be your will, then on this day, make the dew of the rain look like this and look like that. Well, God, if you be your will, when I open this Bible, send me to the place you want me to go so I know exactly what it is that you want me to do, you know, on this day. Well, God, help me, you know, if, if it's your will for me to do something, then, you know, have this person come to me and say this exact thing to me. We 
want a sign. We want a message. We want some grand gesture of the skies parting for, for us to know that God is really speaking to us. But what God is saying to us today is although he does have the power to do that, and from some of us, we actually have a testimony that can, that can attest to that. Jesus Christ has spoken to us too. And what Jesus has to say is far more prevalent than what any angel could say to us, especially given the fact that anything that an angel says to us has been verified or um, has been or has been authorized by Jesus himself. For Jesus has been given all authority over everything, including the angels. The angels move by the authority of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ has been exalted and given the name that is above every name to where at the name of Jesus, every knee, whether in heaven or on earth or under the earth, must bow to him. As a result, even the angels, they cannot move without Jesus to say so. So if we're going to believe in the miracles of God, then we it stands to reason that we believe in the Christ of the miracles. Because Jesus Christ, the second the second of the Trinity, God with us, God in God, God the, the God man himself, if he has been given authority over heaven and earth then it stands to reason that if we're going to listen to an angel, then it then we obviously need to um, listen to the one who sent him. Because it doesn't make sense to put all of our hope in an angel if we're not going to put our hope in the one who sent him, the one who has authority over him. Therefore, as it stands in our word today, he tells us once again, in putting everything in subjection to him, verse number 8 of, of Hebrews chapter 2, he left nothing outside of his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for every one. Therefore, if we go further down into on um, verse 12, I will tell of your name to my brothers. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children of God, I and the children of God, the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham, Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful 
and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So what he says to us is that not only are we serving a God who has all authority, but we're also serving a Christ who has suffered and been tempted at every point like we have, yet was without sin. He lived the life that we couldn't live and died the death that we deserved. So that not only does he, is he have all authority over the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth, but he also sympathizes and empathizes with us. Knowing what we've gone, what we're going through, knowing what we've been through, knowing what we suffer with from one day to the next, he being the being, you know, all God came down and suffered like a man, be made lower than the angels, made, be made a little lower than the angels and suffering for our sake so that if we believe in Christ, repent toward him and believe in him. We can be called the righteousness of God. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Starting at verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. That one has died for all. Therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake was who, um, died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Furthermore, in where is it? Um, in in the book of Philippians, in the letter that he wrote to the Philippian church. Uh, Philippians, 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 Philippians. Here we go. Have this mind among you. Uh, second. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So again, we see 
that Christ has been given supremacy over heaven and earth by virtue of being the God, being all being all God. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death on the cross. Upon rising again, he took our sins. He bore our sins and nailed them to the cross and said, if you repent and believe in me, I will exchange your unrighteousness for righteousness. I'll exchange your sinfulness to sainthood. I will exchange your unworthiness and make you worthy. You ain't got to work for it. You ain't got to earn it. You ain't got to climb no ladders to get to it. You don't have to reach a path of enlightenment in order to receive it. You don't have to ascend in any type of form. All you got to do is repent and believe. If we are willing to listen to men, if we are willing to listen to miracles, listen to angels who may appear to us in dreams, or, you know, random happenings that happen in our lives that become these flashpoints that cause us to move in certain directions. How much more should we listen to the Christ of the miracles? How much more should we listen to the one who has all authority over anything that is happening to us, any, um, any angel that may minister to us? As we look throughout biblical history, any time that an angel spoke, they were speaking on behalf of Christ. They weren't speaking of their own authority. They were speaking on the authority of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They never spoke on their own behalf. They never spoke on their own accord. It was always under the orchestration and always under the authority of Jesus Christ. So if we're willing as people to listen to people, if we're willing to listen to, um, to angels, if we're willing to listen and take heed to miracles, if we're willing to see signs and be like, that's, 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 my, that's my confirmation, that's my, that's, that's, that's my affirmation, how much more should we believe in the Christ who orchestrated it all? All things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. If we truly believe that, then whenever we see some type of sign or we see some type of miracle or we see some type of word, whatever form or fashion that it comes in, we should be ever so careful to worship God and worship Christ in gratitude for the signs. In gratitude for the manifestation, in gratitude for the affirmation, in gratitude for the confirmation, in gratitude for the vision, in gratitude for the for the word that is given. Far too often we give everything and everybody else credit except the one who orchestrated it all. So for us as believers, we got to be careful that we're not crediting people or crediting things or crediting other, other books or helps or whatever when Christ deserves all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise for any word that we get, any move that happens, especially for our salvation.
Because yes, the angels have, they have power, but Christ is the one who imbues that power upon them. And as a result, we, the believers in God, we must worship Christ for what he has accomplished for us. Again, there are a lot of great people out there in the world who have a lot of great things to say. And a lot of people will bow down and pay their monies and, 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 and buy their stuffs and all that sort of thing. And they'll worship the ground that they walk on. We as the believers in God have been given an eternal salvation. Have been given an eternal hope. And that hope was eternally secured by the almighty Christ. We as the believers in God must be mindful that whenever we are receiving a word from, from, from some source, that we're always tying it back to the source. And that we are not putting ourselves in a position where we act as if the authority that Christ has been given is nullified. For many of us, we say we love the Lord, but are we truly walking under his authority or is he good enough for us to have the good things in life but are we truly chasing after something else and that thing has the sole authority over us he said verse number one of chapter two therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? What's most important to you? will determine what or who has your ear. If salvation, sanctification, being one with Christ, being one with God, is what's most important to you, then we will actively work to ensure that Jesus stays at the uppermost of our affections, the uppermost of our attention, the uppermost of our allegiance. We will strive for that. We will fight for that. We will yearn for that. We will claw for that. We'll put on the armor for that. If God is the most important thing in our lives, if what he has done is the greatest thing that could ever happen to us, then we will fight to keep him on the throne. Whatever you're putting your eternal hope in, that is what has the authority over your life. And that is the thing that you are paying attention to and listening to. For some of these people in the old, in the old biblical days, they were looking for miracles and signs and wonders. They even asked Jesus, can you show us a sign? Can you show us a miracle? Can you show? And he was like, the only miracle you're going to get is that of Jonah who was in the belly of the fish three days. That's the only sign I'm going to give you today. Because there's some people that I'll believe you if you show me something. No, you won't. 
Because all you're going to do is want the next thing. I am the miracle. Jesus says. Some of us, we have put our salvation, we put our hope, we put our joy, we put our trust, we put our love, we put our peace in other things. And as such, those things are now the messengers to our hearts. So ask yourself this question today. What has authority over your life? What is pulling at your life? What has the ability to turn you one direction or another? What have you given authority over your life? Because whatever you put your hope in, as scripture tells us, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if we say that our hope is in Christ, if we believe that salvation and sanctification and glorification and the life to come is what is, what mo is most valuable to us, then it behooves us to actively seek to keep Christ on the throne of our hearts. Lest we drift away. Christ is the final authority. We no longer need a messenger from the Lord. Christ is the messenger. Now, we still have them. But Christ is the final authority. The final angel. By which we receive the word from the Lord. All the messengers of old were a shadow of the final messenger himself. Christ himself coming down. Any messenger at this point moving forward should be pointing us back to the Savior. Paul said it like this in the book of Galatians. And with this I'm going to cut it. I'm going to shut it down. Galatians chapter 1. He said in verse number 6. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some of who, some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Have we said before? So now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So everyone is saying, Paul is saying, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel, a hope, a truth, a path to peace, a path to glory, a path to, to, to satisfaction that is contrary to the gospel that we're preaching, let him be accursed. Especially if he calls himself a messenger of the Lord. Because we are all his ambassadors. We're all his messengers. But you have some preachers, pastors, teachers, messengers, the whole nine yards, who are preaching a gospel contrary to the gospel we preach. Because if we're going to preach anything, we should point them 
to the Savior. Everything we say, everything that we do, everything that's happening should always point back to Jesus, who is the final authority over all. So, so again, if a miracle happens, it points back to the, it points back to the Savior. If an angel comes and sends you a message, it should point back to the Savior. If um if you see some type of miracle happen in your life, it should point back to the Savior. If you're watching a TikTok and these people are talking about the, talking about whatever they're talking about, it should point back to the Savior. If you're you know what if you're listening to your preachers preach, they should be pointing you to the Savior. For at the end of the day. He is the final and sole authority over all. And he is the final messenger by which we are now carrying his message. His message being repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And upon repentance and belief, you can be ushered into the kingdom. Your salvation is free. You ain't got to work for it. You ain't got to earn it. You ain't got to climb for it. You don't have to ascend. You don't have to be enlightened. You can be saved today by saying, I renounce all other gods, all other things, and I'm making Christ the uppermost of my attention, the uppermost of my affections, and the uppermost of my allegiance. And whatever he says, I believe. Whatever he says is good, I believe. Whatever he says is bad, I believe. I believe that he is the son of God, and I believe that he has um, that he has died for my sins. I believe that he is risen again. I believe that he is one in the Godhead, and in that, because of because of what he did for me, I'm I'm pushing all my chips in with him, so that if I'm wrong at the end, then I am doomed. I'm pushing it all in. I shall have no other God before him as I walk this path of sanctification from one degree of glory to the next. And that's, that's the message that we carry. And that's the message that we preach. It's the message that we teach. There is no other gospel. There is no other Christ. There's no other chosen one. There's no other chosen path. There's no other way to enlightenment. There's no other way to peace. There's no other way to pleasure that is going to satisfy an eternal soul. You can try as hard as you might. And there are a lot of gods out there that are saying this way to peace, this way to glory, this way to satisfaction, this way to fame, this way to honor, this way to pleasure, this way to love, this way to hope. But Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man shall come to the Father but by me. And that is the message that we now carry moving forward. It's the message that the messengers of old carried. It's the message that Jesus himself carried. It's the message that now we carry. And it's all pointing back to the Savior. So again, say all this to say, if we are willing to listen to people and give them authority over our lives and dictate to us the way that we ought to live, how much more should we be willing to listen to Christ himself? The one who died for our sins that we might live.
both now and forever. If we, the people of God, say that Christ is the, the center of our lives, then our, then our lives should be a reflection of him being the center. Again, messages will come in various forms. You can look out into the world and see Jesus in everything. But that's the key. Can you see Jesus in everything? We as the people of God, we have to be ever so careful that we are not putting ourselves in a position where we're compromising on the God that we worship by giving authority to another per to another person, place, thing, idea, concept to be the, the ultimate source of our joy and our peace. Not to say to not enjoy life, to not have fun, to not listen to people, to not submit to authority and those sort of things, but our ultimate authority should always be Christ, for he by virtue of his obedience to death on the cross, has been given all authority over the entire universe. He already had it, but he has it even more so now. And in doing so, we, the people of God, must submit and bow down to the one who saved us. Knowing that not only are we his servants, but we are his brothers and sisters. As he says himself, you know, he calls us friends. And who, what, what's, what love, what love, what greater love can a man have than to lay down his life for his friends? And so we thank God on today that he gives us this opportunity to be able to recognize Christ's authority. And in recognizing his authority, being reminded that he is the one that we should listen to. He is the one that we should be, you know, um, giving, um, you know, giving of our whole heart to. And in doing so, wherever he moves, we move. Where, wherever he says, he says. Wherever he goes, that's where we're going. Pushing all our chips in as we look to the angels of old as a reminder and a shadow of the Savior, Jesus Christ. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to hear any of our past episodes, you can go right now to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. And you can listen to every episode that we put together from um, inception to now. When we come back, we're going to talk about Elon Musk and the fact that he's losing all his sponsorship and in doing so, he might end up losing Twitter, or I see like to call it X, and talk about how greed can sometimes push us to make some really, really, really terrible decisions. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back in just a moment.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you guys for the 3,200 likes that we've received thus far. Um, you know, God is really in the miracle working business because we had a bunch of technical difficulties earlier this morning, And but I'm hoping that you guys are able to see the show um, as crystal clear as I'm able to give it, um, despite all the technical difficulties that we've experienced this morning. Um, and so thank you so much for the 3,200 likes that we've received thus far. Definitely keep those likes coming um, as it'll let TikTok know that we're doing some really good work here and hope that um, others are able to see it throughout the day in the course of the show. Um, so Elon Musk says the advertiser boycott at X could, quote, kill the company. And I think that's that's probably appropriate. That was my little ad that I did to add to that. Elon Musk, the billionaire owner of X, said the decision by some major advertisers to distance themselves from the social media platform, formerly known as Twitter, could kill the company. Quote, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company. Of course you would blame others for it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Musk said while appearing at Wednesday at the New York Times Dead Deal Book Summit, um, Musk also issued a defiant response to Disney CEO Bob Iger, who had appeared at the conference earlier in the day and spoke about his decision to halt advertising on X after, after Musk supported anti-Semitic an anti-Semitic comment on the platform. Iger said that Disney felt the association was not necessarily a positive one for us. Musk said, go F yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience, that's how I feel. Don't advertise. The advertising backlash occurred early this month after Musk tweeted a post um, on X that claimed Jews fomented hatred against white people echoing anti-Semitic stereotypes and was, quote, the actual truth. Um, Disney, Apple, Coca-Cola, and other companies removed paid ads from the platform in the following days, which could deprive X of up to $75 million in revenue. Still, Musk said Wednesday his support of the anti-Semitic post was, quote, one of the most foolish he'd ever posted on X. Quote, I am quite sorry, he said, adding, I should, in retrospect, have not have replied to that particular post. Oh, yeah, you sorry now, huh? Um, there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to um, jump into in regards to that. Um, uh, for, and so I'm just, I'm going to work backward. You know, it's always interesting that you want to apologize for, you know, what you do after you do it rather than thinking about what you're doing. I tell people all the time, if you're going to post something, be sure you are ready for the consequences of your actions. Be ready for the consequences of your posts. Be ready to defend your post no matter what. You know, you know, we, we get on these platforms and we think we can just do whatever we want to do. But again, the more authority that we have, the more you know platform that God gives us, the more people that we have influence over, the more careful we need to be in what we say and how we say it. 
I'm not suggesting that we should sugarcoat anything that we feel. If you feel it, say it, but say it with your chest. Don't get scared or want to back down or want to take tweets down now that you're losing stuff. If you believe in what you say and say what you believe, then say it with your chest. Don't come back and be like, I'm so sorry. I, in retrospect, should not have replied to that particular post. You shouldn't have replied. Yeah, you dang right you shouldn't have replied. Why would you do that? Well, all that says to me is that's how you really feel. In retrospect, you shouldn't have replied to the particular post because it's, co it's costing you money now. I tell people this all the time, which gets to my, which gets to my second point. If you want to hurt, you know, organizations and make them really feel the weight and make them move where you want them to move, take the money from them. You don't have to say a word. Just stop paying for their stuff. You want Amazon to move in a particular direction? If enough people banded together and said, we ain't going to shop Amazon, we're going to cancel subscriptions, all that stuff, Amazon would move in the, any direction you would tell them to move just so they can get their money back. If you want, you know, um, your R&B artist or your rap artist or your hip-hop artist to stop singing the types of songs they're singing, stop going to their concerts. Stop streaming their, their music. Stop buying their merch. Stop watching their videos. Stop participating on their, uh, on their lives. Stop going to their websites. I promise you, they would change the landscape of the music industry. If you hit them in with their, hit them in their wallets, I promise you they would sing a different tune. I was just watching um I was watching um well no that that's no that's nothing different. Never mind, never mind. That's not that's a bad example. And so, um again, um you want to hit them where it hurts? Stop paying for stuff. I promise you if people when when they when they when they they gonna show you what they really care about, and when they really care about money, they will they will they will sing whatever tune you tell them to sing. Just as long as they get paid. So we as the people of God gotta be you know gotta be watchful that we don't fall into a trap where we're you know so fickle minded and we're just moving with the wind. Say what you want to say with conviction. Now, I'll get back to that in a minute. Because something else I wanted to um, talk about first. Um, so he gets up there and he says, you know, when, when Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, says, you know, we don't support anti-Semitism. So we're going to pull our stuff. Cause we ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. Cause ain't nobody finna come here. Be like, well, I ain't watching no more Marvel movies. I ain't watching no more Disney Plus. Cause you out there supporting stuff, and cause you on Twitter. I ain't got time for that. So I'm finna bow out. And so Musk says, "Go f yourself." Okay. Me and my millions will go f ourselves. While you scrambling trying to find somebody to pay for your advertising to keep your to keep your precious social media platform alive. You got it, buddy. We'll go F ourselves. And Apple 
and Coke and all them other po- said the same thing. Okay, we'll go F ourselves with our money as we go someplace else. So then, here comes Musk blaming them for killing the company. The whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company. So it's not your boneheaded decision making. It's not your support of hate speech. It's not your support of, you know, spiteful people who weaponize social media in an attempt to do things they want to do. It's not you having censored people who have the same right that you have to say what they want to say because they're not saying what you want them to say. So it's not your boneheadedness that's killing the company. It's the advertisers pulling out that's killing the company. Oh, okay. So let's just continue to do just like Adam, Eve, and the snake. Adam, Eve made me do it. Eve, the snake made me do it. Not, I take full responsibility for my actions. I shouldn't have said what I said. Shouldn't have done what I done. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, I need to really, you know, take a look at myself and do what I need to do in order to make change and do things differently. So, no, I ain't going to do that. So, a few things that we as the believers need to take a heart check with. Number one. If you're going to say anything, say it with conviction. And be ready for the consequences that come with that. You know, doing a show like this, using platform to talk about Jesus, it's going to come with backlash. Because there's just a lot of people who are not down with the Jesus. They, they can't stand Jesus. They can't stand anybody who talk about Jesus. They've been butt hurt. You know, by somebody in their past about Jesus in some way, shape, or form. They they can't they cannot fathom why we believe in Jesus because it doesn't make logical sense and all the other stuff in between. And so for us to be on platforms and to want to talk about the Lord and want to use our platforms to spread his gospel, there are people who cannot stand it. They hate it. Hate it. And as a result, they don't want nothing to do with it. And they're gonna let us know. But you gotta say it with your chest. You got to say it with your chest. As an aside, Jordan, there actually is a replacement that is starting to gain some traction called Threads. It's by Insta, it's by, um, by Meta, the Facebook people. It's quite, quite a nice place. I suggest checking it out. Let me know how you feel about it later. But that's an aside. You say it with your chest. Say it with conviction. If we say we believe in Jesus, let the world know. Preach it to the masses. Let everybody know. But know that your actions will have consequences. Whenever you decide to get on a public in the public space and say what you want to say, it's going to come with some naysayers, period. No matter what it is, no matter what you do, no matter how good it is, somebody going to have something negative to say. Beyonce is one of the greatest singers, actresses on the planet, entertainers on the planet. She posts a picture of her in her silver dress with her silver hair and skin was kind of, you know, lightened, you know, and everybody talking about, oh, she trying to go white. Now, mind you, I did think she looked like Kim Kardashian a little bit, but I wasn't going to, oh, she trying to look white. Like, no. 
Have y'all ever heard of lighting? You ever heard of filters? You ever heard of, you know, cinematography? You ever heard of photography? Sometimes when you look a certain way, you have a certain set of clothes on, it's going to accentuate certain parts of you, especially your skin, your skin tone. So ain't got nothing to do with that, but people get this. Just, oh, my God, I can't believe she would look like that. Really? This is what we this 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 is what we doing now. And so then the mama get involved. Y'all y'all always talking about like this is people. Really? But this is what we do. No matter what how much good you do, somebody is gonna find fault with you. Somebody's gonna have something negative to say about what you post, about what you do, about how you feel. So again, say it with your chest and own the criticism along with the accolades that come with it. Because it's going to come with both. Somebody's going to love you. Somebody's going to hate you. But you stand on your conviction and say how you feel. Say what you mean. Especially when it comes to this word. Say it with your chest. Because at the end of the day, the only person whose opinion matters is God's. It's the only person whose opinion matters. If God says, you know, if God says it's a good thing to do, he gives you the authority to speak, gives you the authority to say it, say it with your chest. Say it with your chest and own it. Say it with your chest and own it. Secondly and more importantly, you know, how much is your faith worth? How much is your faith worth? Because you got some people who will only preach when it's convenient. But as soon as they start to feel a little bit of that fire, they, they want to water down, they want to sugarcoat, they want to not say the, the, the real thing and say just enough to keep people happy, to not make people upset. <coughs> Elon said what he said, and it made people upset. We as the, the believers in God, we look at that and to say, if I say something, it's gonna, it might make you upset. But I got to own this because of Christ. I'm not speaking on my own authority. I speak on the authority of the one who gives it to me. And as a result, you know, we got to be mindful that if we are afraid of losing something for the sake of saying or living the truth, then we are showing God what's really important to us. If I'm afraid to speak the truth because I might lose followers, then I'm saying to God, I care more about the followers than I do your word. If, I, if I'm scared that people are going to give me gifts if I don't do what, you know, what, 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 what I'm supposed, what, what, what I do here rather than doing what's right, then I'm saying to God, if I say I worship him now, I'm saying to God that the gifts matter more to me than the word. How much is your faith worth? Because that Elon Musk's support of anti-Semitism is costing this man $75 million. It cost him, it's costing him $75 million and counting. How much is your faith worth? Because again, I tell y'all all the time, just with my with, with my platform, you know, 
I ain't, I ain't out here showing chest, you know, I ain't out here trying to look like Idris Elba, nothing like that. You know, I ain't out, you know, I, I ain't out here looking smoldering in people's eyes, talking about, you know, give me likes, give me, give me money, give me gifts, you know, I'm not out here trying to mimic, you know, sounds and things in order to get y'all to give me stuff. All I got is the word and a bit a big mouth. And so if I'm doing this for money, I failed. I failed. So again, how much is your faith worth? How much is your conviction worth? Because again, people are going to love you. They're going to hate you. People are going to care. People are going to not care. But if you're only doing it for the clout, then when the clout doesn't come, just like that, um, just like Guillermo um, says down in the, in the box, if I'm doing it to make him happy, then I'm saying to God, I care more about the followers and care more about the people who are talking to me on the platform than I do him. We got to say it with our chests and let the chips fall where they may. Third and more, and, and more, to, more to the point than anything else, we got to stop trying so hard to deflect blame and take ownership of what we do. Here comes Elon Musk talking about the whole world's going to know that the advertisers killed the company. So he completely dismisses everything that he's done, absolves himself of everything that he's done that has cost the company. Every decision, every indecision that he's made is what's causing the company to go into the dumps the way that it is. But look at what he's saying. It's the advertiser's fault for pulling out instead of saying, it, it's my fault. It's my fault. I did this. This, this is all on me. This is on me. I, I, I said, I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have did that. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have did that. You know, it's all on me. We got to take accountability for our own actions. Accountability for our faults. Accountability for our flaws. Accountability for our sins. We want to look to everything in the world to absolve us of our sinfulness and our, and our wickedness. We don't want to take accountability for that. And we'll, la we'll laugh in defiance in the face of God. And, 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 and find any way possible to not have to atone for our wickedness, to atone for our sins. We'll, we'll, we'll throw God under the bus. We'll say he doesn't exist. We'll, you know, chalk it up to, you know, evolution and all these other things. We'll listen to all these other people, read all these other texts, all in an attempt to absolve ourselves of our own wickedness. Blame everybody and everything else instead of looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, God, forgive me, a sinner. God, forgive me, a sinner. It's all their fault. It's everybody else's fault. It's everybody else's fault. Everything else's fault. So, we the believers in God, we got to be ever so careful, never so mindful that we're checking our pulse. Do we really believe the things that God has told us? Because if we do, then rather than looking to everybody else and blaming everybody else 
for everything that may have happened to us, that may be wrong with us, that may be done wrong to us, you know, and, and saying this is the reason why I do what I do, at the end, taking account and taking our sins and our faults and our flaws to the Savior and saying, God, I'm sorry. I am sorry. For at the end of the day, if we're not careful, we may find ourselves in a similar situation as Elon Musk, where everything that's going wrong with this company falls on your shoulders, but everybody else, everybody else's fault, everybody else is the blame, everybody else is the issue. It's not me. I'm good. It's everybody else. Everybody else is the problem. I'm solid. Everybody else is the issue. It ain't me. God got a big old mirror staring in front of you saying, um, bruh, um, it's you, dog. It's you. You are the problem. And I am the fix. You are the problem. And I am the fix. And so we got to ask ourselves the question, are we truly worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ or is someone or something else? Um, let's see. I don't know if it's going to do it for me. Or is someone or something else the reason for our existence, the reason for our being? And in doing so, ask God to help us to stay anchored in him and to take account for the things that we have done so that we're not blaming anyone or anything else. But instead, you know, asking Christ to help us in our time of need to get us to where we need to be in him. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you all so much for the 3,300 likes that we've received thus far. Every like, every follow, every comment, every share. If you missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, feel free to stop by Spotify and Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to every episode from inception to now. Um... When we come back, we're going to take a moment in our sanctification session and talk about how betrayal can sometimes lead to avoidance in relationships and how we can um, recover from a betrayal that has happened to us so that we can continue to love and be loved um, by others. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show. We'll be right back in just a moment.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, for our sanctification session today, we're going to be talking about betrayal and its connection to avoidance and how we can recover from a betrayal in a relationship so that we can love and be loved by others. And so definitely um, grateful. Uh, Asha, girl, always good to see you. Thank you for, for stopping by. Hope you have a blessed day as well. Come back and see you soon, man. It's good. To, it's always good to talk to you. Hit me up in the DMs, man. We, we got to figure out when we're going to get you on the show. We got to figure out when we're going to get you on the show. Um, and so, again, we want to talk about betrayal and avoidance on today. Um, so I had a client yesterday who was talking to me um, about the fact that he had lost, um, that he felt like he had lost a lot of his friendships and particularly had lost his one friendship um, that really hurt his soul um, because, um, you know, he'd grown up with a whole lot of his friends um, and they had had a really good time over the, over the course of a year. He's in school, he's in college, and then summer came and none of his friends hung out with him, like, and even the one who he considered his best friend, um, didn't spend any time with him whatsoever, but all these friends hung out with each other over the course of the summer, and when he found out about it toward the end of the summer, he was like, WTF, man, like, you know, we'll spend all this time together, and I thought we were cool, but here I find out y'all been hanging out behind my back the whole time, never let me in on anything, what was going on with that? And, you know, the friends never could give him a straight answer, deflecting this way, that way, and a third, and it hurt him so deep, and it hurt him so bad that he was now isolating himself from people. He didn't want to make any more friends, didn't want to know anybody else, didn't want to be around anybody else. You know, he described it saying, I went to the, um, I went to, um, I went to, I go to the library, and I go up to the top floor, and I go sit in the corner, and I'm just to myself, by myself, with myself. I only, I'll just, and I know that's, I know I don't want to do this, but I, I don't, I just don't want to, I don't want to make friends because I feel betrayed. I feel like, you know, I, I, you know, they, they, I thought these were my friends, and yet they betrayed me so deep. I just don't know how to move on from this. I don't know how to move forward from this. I'm scared to make friends again. Because what if the next set of friends, you know, only is my friend because of work or my friend because of this, but they're not really my friends and, you know, they really don't care about me. I don't want to go through this again. Many times, you know, in our lives, you know, one way or another, we will be betrayed by someone close to us. Someone will hurt our feelings. Someone will say something that we would never think that they would be the ones to say. They'll act in a certain way that we never saw coming. You know, they'll say something or do something that can hurt us deep. And as a result of that, we can sometimes proverbially give up on the human race. You know, how often have we heard, you know, men, you know, say, you know, women ain't S-H-I-T or cuss them out and call them a word that I'm not allowed or ever going to ever say, you know, um, or try my hardest, you know, you know, to never call a woman, you know, um, but then you got, you know, women who will say all men are dogs, you know, they ain't after nothing, they only they don't, they don't care about nothing because of someone who hurt us. We're in a relationship or in a couple of relationships and they ended very badly, were treated really badly, and as a result we have this picture in our minds now that all men or all women are this or that. 
You know, how often have we been in a situation where, you know, a friend of ours who was a close friend of ours betrayed us in one of the worst ways possible, and now we can't, we just can't trust nobody. How often, how, how many of us have had parents who have hurt us in ways, you know, cousins who have hurt us in very dastardly ways, uncles, aunts who have hurt us, grandparents who have hurt us, you know, babysitters who have hurt us, daycare providers who hurt us, teachers who have hurt us in some way, shape, or form, and it shaped how we now move in the world. How for some of us, we don't, we, 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 we're so hurt by what happened in our past that we will not attempt to make any type of close connection with anybody. A close connection with someone scares the living daylights out of us because of the betrayal that we felt, because of the sting that we feel, because of the echo that we feel from yesteryear. Whenever we are betrayed, it is very difficult, though not impossible, but very difficult to overcome that because there is an inherent fear that is attached to the betrayal that's warning us, I don't think I want to get someone to let someone close to me again. I don't think I want to let somebody close to me again. And what that tells us is that we lack trust in ourselves that we are going to be okay regardless of whether a person is all good or over the course of a relationship does or says something that will hurt us. We're broken on the inside. And that brokenness is what we're now living out of. We're living out of the brokenness. We were, we were hurt. We were betrayed. We lied on, lied to, hurt, busted up some type of way. And as a result of that, appreciate it, Asha, because of that, our, t our tendency is to operate from that broken place. Very, we can be very successful in every other area of our lives, but when it comes to relationships, comes to friendships, comes to family, we're operating out of the brokenness. I'm not going to get too close. If I get too close, they might hurt me, and I want to be hurt. So I'm going to only go so far. I can't trust them. What you're really saying is I can't trust me. And when we come to that realization that we're operating from a broken place, we can now take this to the Savior and say, God, that situation that happened to me, it broke me. That person I never thought would do that to me hurt me. These people in my life, there seem to be a wake and a pattern of people constantly hurting me, and I'm tired of being hurt. But I also don't want to rob myself of the opportunity to be loved and to love. For your word says, we love because you first loved us. And by this, they will know that we are your disciples if we have love one for another. And all those love one another's, I want to operate from that place, from the space of which you loved me 
so much that despite my faults, despite my flaws, despite my limitations, despite my issues, despite my sin, despite my ungodliness, despite my unrighteousness, you got on a cross and died. You had me dead to rights in my sin. I should be the one that got on the cross. I should be the one that, that's in hell. And yet, you had enough patience and died on the cross for me so that upon repentance and belief, I'm now putting all my faith and trust in you. You love me that much. And that's the love that I want to operate in. So God, help me. Help me to have a love and compassion for people like you did so much to where while you're on the cross, you're saying to God, Father, forgive them. Father, Forgive them. Doesn't mean I got to reconcile the relationship with, with them. Because there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And so many people, you forfeit the right to be close to me because of your betrayal. But I can forgive you so that I can move on and move forward. So, Father, forgive them. Help me to forgive them. Give, me, give, the, give this brokenness to you, Jesus, so you can fix it. So that I can now move forward in my, in my new or renewed relationships with people and no longer be governed by the hurt, governed by the pain, governed by the loss, governed by the betrayal. Some of us are so steeped in that pain point. We live in that pain point. That we won't allow God to heal us so then we can operate in love. I'm not saying that we should let people walk all over us and let these people betray us left and right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we should restore all relationships. Because sometimes a person can betray you so bad, ain't no way. Ain't no way we can be friends again. Ain't no way we can be lovers again. Ain't no way we can be spouses again. No, you hurt me too deep. But I can still forgive you, and I can still love you as a person. I can still love you as an eternal soul. Doesn't mean that I got to walk alongside you every day. Doesn't mean I got to call you every day. Doesn't mean I got to talk to you every day. Don't mean you don't have to walk alongside each other anymore. But I can forgive you so I can move forward. Because again, if we're not careful... We're, we're going to miss out on the people that God has strategically designed to be a part of our lives to show us love and for us to love them. Because we're so afraid of being hurt again. We have to look to Jesus who was hurt in every way imaginable. You're talking about betrayal. Peter denied him. Judas kissed him. Sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. The rest of them boys ran when they when he needed them the most. Now, mind you, he knew this was going to happen, but nevertheless, when he needed them the most, his 12, the one who been walking with him since, since, since day one, or day 20, however you want to look at his ministry, but walking with this, this man since day one, his day ones, gone. 
talk about betrayal. And yet, who did he tell to feed the sheep? Who did he tell to feed the lambs? Who did he tell to feed the sheep? Peter. So if Jesus, who's empowering us by the Holy Spirit, could deal with that betrayal, how much more can we look to Christ's example and empowered by the Holy Spirit, overcome the betrayal, overcome the hurt, overcome the loss, overcome the pain, so that God can then bring us the people that are meant to love us and the people that we're meant to love. We should not avoid relationships just so we can be at peace. Because, yes, we, we should be able to be alone. We should be able to walk alone. We shouldn't have to walk alongside 50,000 people every day. That's a whole other issue that we'll talk about being attached um, but, you know, talking about the anxious and the avoidant attachment styles, but, you know, we should not avoid people in fear of being hurt. We should not avoid people in an attempt to keep our heart secure. For Christ is saying that is nothing but a chamber, nothing but a prison that's keeping us from being the um for displaying rather the love of Christ that much more God says you know Christ says scripture says love your um love your brother and hate your enemy but I say love your enemies I say love them and the only way that we can love is to tap into the love of Christ and then ask him to heal us from the issues of our lives, the problems that have happened, the betrayals that we, that we felt. Listen, betrayal is real. It's not, for, for a lot of us, it's not imagined. These things happened. And some of y'all that are watching right now you know, you've probably been through a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of damage in your life. And the grown-ups in the room that were meant to protect you were the ones who were either causing the pain or the ones that were overlooking it. Shame on them. Shame on them. The person that was meant to be your lover, supposed to be your best friend, supposed to be the one to protect and provide in so many different ways, was the one who ended up stabbing you proverbially in the chest. Your best friend who you're supposed to, you know, um, be your ride or die was the main one who, when you were in trouble, was nowhere to be found. Those things happened. Absolutely. I'm not taking away from that. And God can heal you from those places. From through the love that he has given us by virtue of the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return of Jesus Christ. So that you are no longer operating from that place. It can be a lesson learned and not 
a shelter in which you live. It could be a lesson learned and not a shelter in which you live. But we gotta take this brokenness Here you go, Jesus. Please help me with this. Please help me deal with this. Because I don't want to rob myself of the love that you want me to experience in this life. And I don't want to rob anybody of the love that you want me to give. I want to be a demonstration of the love that you showed me. When you got on the cross and died for my sins. So help me to deal with the betrayal. To deal with the hurt. To deal with the loss. So that I can love like you love. I'm watching, you know, Tyrese, you know, in this kind of circuit that he's running now. Where everybody wants to interview him. And everybody wants to talk to him about him and Samantha Lee. And one of the things that I keep hearing him say on repeat is the fact that he's processing, he's processing, he's processing. And, you know, one of the beautiful things that I, that I loved about his last um, interview with Joe Budden is that throughout his processing, he's acknowledging God every step of the way. He said something so beautiful, and I'm going to do, do an episode devoted to that, um, to that podcast once I finish listening to it and can get all my little notes about it. I'm going to do an um, episode dedicated to, um, to that, probably during either sanctification or what would Jesus say segment on the show. But, um, but he said that he believes in the sanctuary of marriage. And all the things that God said about marriage, he firmly believes in. So much so... That even though this divorce hurts like a mug, he's, he still believes in it so strongly that he can't wait to get married again. That, how powerful is that, right? That the love that I have for God is so strong that I believe in everything that God said, including what he said about marriage. And even though this marriage failed, I love God and I love what marriage does and I love the sanctity and the sanctuary of marriage so strongly that I can't wait to get married again. That he doesn't want to live this life alone and he doesn't want to operate in pain. Now, I would advise my brother, if, he'd ever, if he ever listened to me, hey Tyrese, if you ever get a chance to listen to your boy, if you ever stop by the little, little, you know, True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I would strongly advise you to get off the social medias for a little bit. Like, you've, you've run enough circuits, you've had enough conversations, you've done enough interviews. I think we got the message. I don't think we need another another interview with you talking about this stuff. I, 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 we get it. But you talk, you're talking real good, but we get it. I would, I would, so I would... I would, I would not, I'm, I'm hoping that you're not allowing this to become a persona for you. Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. Because like I said, I want to talk about it a whole lot on another episode sometime next week. But I, I love he's not living in his pain. As far as we can tell. 
He's processing it. And in doing so, he's still able to actively love Zelly, the, um, the, the woman that he's with now, still loves his kids, still has love for Samantha. And so again, at the end of the day, we can look to the example of Christ that's telling us you don't have to live in the betrayal. You don't have to live in the loss. You don't have to live in the hurt. Own it, acknowledge it, but, but move on from it through the power of Christ. Who says to us, cast all your cares upon me and I will give you rest for your souls. So we boldly go before the throne of grace, as it says in Hebrews chapter 4. Cast all our cares upon him, knowing that we can have grace and help in the time of need. So again, saying all that to say, if you're going through a betrayal, going through a loss, going through a hurt, going through a pain, give it to Jesus. May not give you the peace today, may not give you the peace tomorrow, may not give you the peace in a week, but actively give your hurt to Christ so that your heart can open up and God can send the right people to love you the right way and you can love them back through the love that Christ has given us. We love because he first loved us. And he showed his love in so much that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, thank you for the 4,100 likes that we've received thus far. Thank you for the gifts that we have received. Thank you, Asha, for those gifts. I really do appreciate you. Know that any dime that we collect does not go to me. I've got my own job, make my own money, pay my own bills. If you give, you're giving directly to the ministry to help to um, support the website and the um, the the um, the the uh, subscriptions for these uh, for the podcast. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to hear about past episodes, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. You can listen to every episode from inception to now. Um, when we come back, we're going to look at a, a lake that has turned pink in Hawaii and just a dazzling display um, in our Something Praiseworthy segment on today. Thank you for watching. We'll be right back in just a moment. Or we're going to be right back right now. Dog it, man. I got to remember not to do that. I always got to remember not to do that. So, welcome back to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We do Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so, again, certainly thank you for the 4,100 likes that we've received thus far. Um, so, give me a second because I was going to use this time to do all of this. But, apparently, um, I clicked the wrong button. And, as a result, now you're just going to have to watch me really up close. I'm going to turn the camera around so you guys can see what I see, um, flip, do the flippity flip, turn it around, uh, and then I don't lift it up, and boom, isn't that pretty, so, this lake is called, um, the, the Kilia, Pond National Wildlife Refuge in Maui. It's been monitoring 
um, pink, this, 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 this pond since October 30th. Um, quote, I just got a report from somebody that was walking on the beach and they called me up like, there's something weird going on over here. This is the picture that was captured. No filter. The pink, it just turned pink. Like, how'd that happen? So, Wolf was concerned of a bright pink color could be a sign of an algae boom, but lab tests found toxic algae was not causing the color. Instead, an organism called halobacteria might be the culprit. Halobacteria is a type of archaea or a single-celled organism that thrives in bodies of water with high levels of salt. The salinity inside the Kilia pond outlet area is currently greater than 70 parts per thousand, which is twice the salinity of seawater. Wolf said the lab will need to conduct the test to figure out whether or not something's going on. When it rains, the stream will flow into Kilia's main pond and then into the outlet area that is now pink. This will reduce the salinity and potentially change the water's color. This might be what makes it go away. Um, we prefer that they come here to hear about our mission conserving native and endangered water birds and our wetland restorations, but no, they're here to see what man, you don't hush. <clears throat> Even though he said he was joking. He said, um, the pond in Hawaii is the latest example of the water mysteriously changing color, though reasons have varied. Um, and um, in 2015, residents of several villages in northwest Spain said that they had found their fountains had turned red. Um, the tent was caused by microscopic algae that arrived in a recent rainfall. And so, just saying all that to say once again, God is just freaking incredible, man. Like, that's that's just that's just beautiful to me. Like, isn't it a wonder what God is able to do? Like, he's so freaking powerful, so freaking magnificent in all of his majesty and in all his ways that he's able to create things like this. And I wish that I could, I wish I had the money to get on a plane and fly there now so I could take my own pictures. Because, of course, you know, these pictures, they're bomb, but my pictures are better. Um, but that, again, is there's no filter. Nobody went in and changed anything. Nobody went in and added something. This is a straight shot of what this um what this lake looks like. Um, and again, it's just an attestment to the majesty and the wonder and the splendor of God. Um, the scripture says, um, "What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you are thought that you are you know that you care for him." And a lot of times, you know, in our walk with God, you know, we can sometimes feel as though, you know, God, you know, is, you know, not around, that he's not listening, that he doesn't care. But if we just know how to look, if we just know how to look, God is everywhere. And when we marvel at the things in this world, when we marvel at the awesomeness of his might, the awesomeness of his glory, we can see that he's literally everywhere. He's everywhere, and he's doing fantastic and wonderful and, and, and incredible things. And so we thank God on today that he gives us this opportunity to be able to worship him and to be able to worship the works of his hands. You know, yes, of course, obviously science is going to prove it was by the halobacteria. It wasn't God who made the halobacteria, man. That's all, that's all, we, that's all I'm going to say about that. Who made the halobacteria? I didn't make it. You didn't make it. Nobody made it. It made it. You know, it was made by God. And so we thank God that he's able to show us 
the magnificence of his splendor and the magnificence of his might and the magnificence of his glory in the things that he's made. It, it, every, everything that he's made, you know, everything, especially the beautiful things, they should always roll up to worship to God. You know, everything that everything in this world that has been made is an indicator of a God that we worship. Everything about God can clearly be seen in the things that are made so that we are without excuse. And so we take this time to highlight and celebrate the fact that we serve a good God and this good God has given us the ability to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, and to be able to look at the things that he has created and the things that he has made and be able to say to God, man, you are freaking incredible. You are freaking awesome to have made something this beautiful take place. Again, you know, pink water, no, woo, but wow, you know, it's just, it's truly remarkable. And so for our something praiseworthy today, we are in marvel of God and what he has done, and we thank God for giving us this opportunity just to look at what his handiwork can do. Um, and he created this pink water, this pink, this pink lake, this pink pond, um, and in doing so, reminds us over and over again, you know, that he is awesome, that he is mighty, and that he is worthy to be praised. There we go. All right. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're getting ready to go into the chat box right now. And so if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop down in that comment box right now and let us know what you're thinking and how you're feeling. Um, there is no question that is out of, that's out of bounds. Just be sure that you keep it classy so that way we can stay on the live um, this morning. Um, the first question that I took from the live earlier today is, should we obey and teach more the Apostle Paul's teachings more than Jesus Christ? Um, going back to Galatians chapter 1, Paul himself said, if anybody is teaching to you a gospel contrary to the gospel that we preach, the gospel of Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel that is contrary to the one that we taught you, the gospel of Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. And so there are some people who have this idea that Paul and Jesus were in competition with each other. Can we, can we nip that in the butt? Like, Paul was not in competition with Jesus. Nobody can compete with Jesus. We, gonna, we can try, but no one can compete with him. And the Apostle Paul was in competition with Jesus at the time when he was killing Christians. But then Jesus knocked him off his high horse, literally, and told him, why are you persecuting me? And so, Paul and Jesus are not in, con are not in conflict with each other. They're not, in, they're not in competition. Paul's teachings are a pointer to the Savior. They are a pointer 
to Jesus. They are a pointer to Christ. And so we as the people of God, we have to be ever so careful that we're not, that we're not, you know, say, that we're not saying that Paul and Christ are in competition with each other. There are some people who will only, and this, I think this is weird, who will only read Paul's letters and that's all they'll read. You do have some people that are like that. I don't ascribe to that. We got the whole counsel of the word, but here's the thing. We have to, we have to remember, we have to recall that what God has called and accomplished, called us to do is to consult the whole counsel of the, the whole counsel of, of the scriptures. And in doing so, yes, we have Paul's letters, but Paul's letters are pointing to Jesus. Remember, like we're finding out in the book of Hebrews, everything from Genesis to Revelation is a pointer. It's a pointer to the cross. It's a pointer to the Savior. It's a pointer to Christ. And so Paul's teachings are a pointer to Christ's teachings. Everything that Paul is talking about in, is a reflection of what Christ has talked about. And so Paul is not teaching of his own authority. He's not right. He wasn't writing of his own authority. When he wrote these letters, he wasn't saying worship Paul. As a matter, ooh, as a matter of fact, he said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Starting at verse number 1. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What is then, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. Um, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. So Paul himself said, dude, ain't nobody in competition with Christ. We're working for him. What are you talking about? Ain't nobody out here saying, follow Paul. We're saying, follow Paul as I follow Christ. But eventually you need to be following Christ. Like, no one out here is saying we're in competition with Jesus. Listen to me. No, listen to Jesus. And so this idea that, you know, Paul competed with Christ, it doesn't make sense. Because Paul himself would tell you, I am of no repute. I am of no reputation. I, I am nothing without Christ. So how can I be in competition with Christ? So if we teach from Paul's letters... Paul's letters should be a reflection, and they are, of what Christ taught. Therefore, in teaching Paul's letters, we're teaching Jesus. We're not teaching 
Paul were teaching Jesus. So no, there is no, are we, should we talk more about what Paul said than what Christ said? You can't because Paul only spoke as Christ gave him the authority. And so Paul's words are Christ's words. The very words that Paul speaks are the very words that Christ gave him utterance to say. They're the very words that he preached to him. So no, we're not preaching Paul. We're preaching Jesus. If we, if, and so let's, so let's, let's take it to its, let's take it to its fullest point. If we say that I'm preaching Paul, then if I'm reading the book of Exodus, does that mean that I'm preaching Moses? If I'm preaching out of, if I'm saying something out of the book of first Samuel, am I then preaching Samuel? If I take a, if I take Psalm, say Psalm 23, I think that's a Psalm of David. If I'm, if I say that I'm pre, I'm, 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 I'm saying something out of Psalm 23, am I now preaching David? If I, but the gospel of Matthew, if I say something out of Matthew, does that mean I'm preaching Matthew? If I do the book of Acts, am I preaching Luke? If I do the book of James, am I preaching James? See, see how we, how funny sound that sounds. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. We're preaching Jesus, Genesis through Revelation. Everything is a pointer to the Savior. These 66 books are God-breathed by the Holy Spirit to inspire us to love the Lord. But we are not disciples of Paul, disciples of James, disciples of Peter, disciples of John, disciples of Moses, disciples of David, disciples of of um of of Samuel like that that's not how this works we're not disciples of Isaiah disciples of Ezekiel disciples of Daniel that's not how it works that's not how it works we are disciples of Christ everything from Genesis to Revelation points to the savior if we're going to say thank you god if we're going to say that if we're going to say i'm 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 going to i'm the teachings of Paul are more important than the teachings of Jesus. Then if I'm reading Recovering Redemption by Matt Chandler, does that make me a disciple of Matt Chandler? If I'm reading um, Not a Fan, does that make me a disciple of Kyle Eidelman? If I'm reading Follow Me, does that make me a, 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 an, a, um, a disciple of um, David Platt? No. They're all pointing back to the Savior. They're all pointing back to Jesus. So we, as the people of God, have to be ever so careful that we're not putting ourselves in a position where we feel that we're, we're, that we're sitting at the Apostle Paul's feet. No, we're not. Paul says that's blasphemous. And if anybody's telling you that, let him be accursed. Galatians chapter 1. It, there's a different gospel there, there's, if anybody's preaching to you a gospel contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. For at the end of the day, these books, they are meant to tell one singular story. 
That story is about Jesus and the redemption of our souls. Transfer from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And so if you are if you are believing that, you know, we're teaching Paul over Jesus, no, that's not what we do. Otherwise, it would make Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return null and void. Because we'd be saying, Paul is who I follow, not Jesus. If you got any questions or comments, fill out that comment box below for the next eight minutes. Try to answer a lot of these questions that are that are um that are in the chat box. I see you guys having a conversation. Um, talking about all it's always curious when you think about the books removed. Um if you I get if you say so, I guess so. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, whatever books you refer whatever books that were removed, um, we have we um you have to consider, you know, a lot of different things about why those things why those books were removed. Um and of course, everybody has a whole bunch of different reasons and a whole bunch of different ideas behind it. It was politicized, blah 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 blah. But at the end of the day, um, these are the books that God has allowed to to stand the test of time, from you know from you know three hundred to now, you know. And so we thank God that He's given us what He's given us, so that we're able to then walk out our faith. And so again, you know, feel how you feel about that. But at the end of the day, the books are not what's important. It's the, it's the God of the books that is important. It's not the books that are important. It's the God of the books that are important. Jesus said himself to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures as if there's life in them. But the scriptures are all pointing to me, who is life. So again, at the end of the day, you know, it's all well and good to feel how you feel about, oh, the books that were removed, that proves that Jesus doesn't exist. If that's how you want to feel, I ain't got a heaven or hell to put you in. Feel how you want to feel. But at the end of the day, we the believers know that the books are only important because of who the books speak to. Without Jesus... These books are nothing. So I'd rather cast my chips in with the God of the book rather than leave my leave me to my finite mind and wander aimlessly because there are some books taken out of the Bible. It's not that deep. And say, and so again, what we have to discover and what we have to re, what we have to remember is that it's not about the books; it's about the God of the books. It's not about the books; it's about the God of the books. And we have to always remember that everything from Genesis to Revelation is pointing to the Savior. It's interesting that that's been the theme of this week. If you guys are paying attention, we've been talking about that a lot. Everything is pointing to the Savior. Everything is pointing to Jesus. Everything is pointing to the one. And so whether it's through the Bible, whether it's through nature, whether it's through entertainment or whatever we see, everything is pointing to the Savior. Everything is pointing to Jesus. If we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, 
the spirit to discern. Everything is pointing to Jesus. Everything is pointing to the rock. Everything is pointing to our Lord. And so again, you know, we thank God for this constant reminder that's ringing in our ears that everything should point back to the Savior. Everything should point back to the rock. Everything should point back to God, the Godhead, Holy Spirit, the whole nine yards. Because we as the people of God, we constantly need that reminder. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, every, 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 like you know, we, 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 we need the Lord in our lives, man. Like, it's crazy how, you know, how awesome he is and how much we need him. And we constantly need that reminder with everything that we're bombarded with every single day. We need the Lord in our lives. And thank God that he's constantly saying, I'll remind you till the cows come home. I'll beat in your chest all day long. Let you know, remind you, yeah, you need me. You need me. Look to me. See me. I'm over here. Look at me. And so again, we thank God every day that everything in this world can point us back to the Savior if we just know how to look. And so we thank God that he's given us revelation, given us his spirit, given us his truth, and allows us the space to be able to look to him to be the author and the finisher of our faith. And in doing so, we're able to love him um, and love the works of his hands and be able to speak truth to power um, as we are loving in, in the world that he has given us um, to, to love in, in the comfort of knowing that he is coming back to get us and to bring us into the new heavens and the new earth. So. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to your boy ramble on today. I really do appreciate y'all for coming by the show on this morning. Um, thank you once again for another 3,000 likes. I was not expecting the likes to jump up as fast as they did, but I really do appreciate y'all so, so much um, for, for the likes. Uh, thank you so much for your comments, for your follows, for your shares. Um, thank you guys so, so much for a wonderful week in the name of the Lord. And thank you for watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.